Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. All right, so here we go. Mark, got your books? Got your book of Bible, Mark? I'm going to give you a couple of questions today, and then we're going to make sure you understand how we do it, okay? I'm going to give you three questions to discuss with each other, and this is not a race to see who can get done first. I gave you these questions so you have plenty to talk about in case you run out of things to talk about. Okay, and you're going to read the scriptures at your table. So let me set this up for you, and then we're going to go to the first one. Okay, Mark's Gospel. We're going to start with Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. In Mark's Gospel, Mark, you will notice something in chapter 1, and when there's Bibles on the table you can use, you can use your phone, whatever you want to use. I just want you to see this with your own eyes in Mark. Mark does not open up with genealogy. Matthew opened up with the genealogy of Jesus because Matthew wanted you to see the lion. He wanted you to see the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And he wanted to prove to the Jewish people the lineage of Christ goes all the way back to the seed of Abraham. And he wanted you to see that he was the one in authority and in power. But Mark doesn't do that. Matter of fact, Mark doesn't even show up with much of anything except in the first chapter in verse 1, he said, this is the great news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Just as the prophet Isaiah has written, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he'll prepare your way. He's a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, clear the road for him. This is talking about John the Baptist. He starts with John the Baptist, a camel hair wearing suit preacher eating locust and wild honey. That's where he starts with. No genealogy. Nothing to say he's the Christ, except a verse in Isaiah referring to John the Baptist. And the reason why is because Mark is wanting you to see something about Jesus that we'll talk about today. It's a different face of Christ. In Revelation, we've moved on from what I talked about before, so this is different. In Revelation, I'll read this to you, and also in Ezekiel 1, you can see the same thing. But in Revelation 4, 7, it says, These first of these living beings was like a lion. We talked about last week. These are the four faces of Jesus, the Messiah. The first one was the face of a lion. So Jesus is the king of all kings. But people get confused because they see him as this sweet, loving Jesus, and he is. We'll talk about that later, but he's also the lion. Don't forget. When he comes back, I don't have time to get into that, but in Thessalonians, when he comes back, it don't matter who thinks they are the Antichrist or who is. When he comes back, he will destroy them with the breath of his mouth. When he comes, all he's got to say is, boo, and it's done. He's got so much power and authority, and you say, well, why don't you see more of it? I can't explain all that to you. I'm just telling you this much is true. If you can part a Red Sea, that's the guy I want on my side. But Mark says, the second face is who he is. He was like an ox. Mark expresses Jesus as the great servant. That he did not come to be honored. He did not come to be served, but he came to serve other people. Mark displays Jesus as the greatest servant of all. He's your Lord, but he's also, you got to humble yourself and just receive this right now. He's your servant. That's hard to hear as Christians, but he came to serve you. That's why Jesus had a difficult time with the washing of the feet. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not your, this is the servant's job. And he said, "Uh uh-huh. And if you don't let me do this, you got no part with me. He's your servant. Mark says this, 
about Jesus in verse 7 of Mark chapter 1, and we're going to give you these questions. Mark chapter 1, verse 7, he says, John announced this, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down and to untie his sandals. I baptize you with water. Watch what John says next. But he's coming. Jesus will baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit. Now, here's a great question to spur the conversation. Why would God have Jesus baptize you in his spirit? It certainly is not for you to have a feel-good party. It ain't for a Sunday morning experience. It's because he wanted to equip you with power from on high to serve humanity. So the nothing in here is not the big deal. It's out there. So if you like me, when you go get your, when I go get my little second round, my pharmacist guy, I say, hey, listen, do you know Jesus? Oh, I could never do that. Then you need a little more of this right here to spur something along. Because if you're more timid about the world rejecting you than you are about the Christ that lives in you, you might be a little low. Anyway, that's, I, I, I'm going to let y'all talk. Okay, Mark chapter 10, here we go. Got your questions for you. Are you ready? Mark chapter 10. You say, well, I thought it was in Mark 1. That's just laying it up for you. That's all I was doing. We're going to Mark chapter 10 right here. And what you're going to do, whoever wants to in your, at your table there, you're going to read Mark chapter 10. And you're going to read uh, uh, chapter 10, I'm sorry, chapter 10 verse 35 through verse 45. I didn't give that to Joey correctly. So you start in verse 35 to 45. Ten verses. Ain't going to take you long at all. Who's ever at your table? And then boom, here's three questions tied to serving. Remember, he's the ox, the great servant of all. So here's what you do. Start now. Read Mark 10, 35 through 45. And then answer these questions at your table. We'll give you plenty of time. And it's not a race. If you take all your time on question one, that's fine. Just watch that and you be led in how you want it. All right, ready? Read. Let's go. Y'all start reading. All right, all right. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's so cool. I said this last week is hearing so many people have conversations about God's word in a room. That is the coolest thing. You just hear the, the murmurings and the talkings and just hearing God's word. I hear different verses, different things. It's just a beautiful thing to hear. You know, this is what really God intended. There's places in the Bible that talks about this when they were to have discussions among themselves. This is how they would do it. It's very common in their culture. They would have conversation around God's word because the world will pull you in so many of their own ways. It's, it's hard, isn't it, to stop long enough to just say, well, now, wait a minute. What does God's word say about this? You know, I remember that Bible verse or whatever. It's because of the world is trying to get you in its own pathway. So we're going to do this again here in just a second. Um, but Mark, let me just give you a little bit more about Mark. When he said that the son of man, uh, came not to be ministered to, but to be a ministry to others or to minister to other people. That's in reference to, uh, Jesus, obviously. But Mark was not trying to prove certain statements. Matthew was trying to prove he had so much prophecy. Mark, you won't find a lot. Mark, matter of fact, when you see Mark, he comes out the gate like both guns blazing, baby. Jesus is healing people. Demons is running in terror. People are like, wow, this man is, he's, he's something else. Because Mark wanted to display who he was as far as he's the ox. He is the servant of humanity. And when you think about that and how he is a servant, 
Mark wanted to express to you more of his deeds than he did his words. That's why you will see action after action, miracle after miracle. Matthew wanted you to understand prophetically in genealogy-wise, he is who he says he is. Because the Jews were very much, uh, that meant a lot to them. They wanted to prove out those things. Mark was written to more of the Roman Empire, if you will, to the Romans. As a matter of fact, Mark isn't the second book. It's, it's really more than likely the first gospel that was published. It's just the way that they put these in order. There's a reason for it. I don't have to get into that right now. You can read it this week as you do that. But Mark was writing to the Roman Empire, if you will, to the Romans, to the Gentiles. They were more concerned with action. If you know anything about the Romans, they was, boom, let's get something done. We didn't talk about anything. We're going to knock something out. I mean, they were like, boom, 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 boom. There's something to be said about Mark and what he did. So I want to show you a picture. If you've never seen this, you've seen cattle, I'm sure, but there's not a lot of places around here that I've seen ox. But I'll show you a picture of one. Actually, two, rather, I guess you're right here. This, now, those things are big. They're called beasts of burden. Uh, you can Google this and look it up and check out. But they actually have oxen that will, almost like tractor pulling. I don't know if that's still popular, but they actually, these guys will get and team up their ox, oxen, I guess you're plural. They would team them up and yoke them together. And I was watching one. The jokers pulled 14,000 pounds. That's like, I don't know, a small house or something. I don't know. I mean, our cars weigh 3,000 pounds. How about that on average? Maybe you got a bigger one, but whatever. 14,000 pounds because they're beasts of burden. And the thing about an ox is this. Mark did not start with genealogy or lineage because if you are a servant, no one cares who your mama or your daddy is. If you're a servant, you don't have any rights. If you're a servant, you're submitted to the one who owns you. That's why the Bible says this. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. The idea that Christian culture says I can do what I want is a lie straight from the devil. I don't get to do what I want. If I got to do what I want, I'd switch things up a little bit. Just to be real honest with you. I don't get to do what I want. It's a fallacy of culture today in Christianity. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. We don't get to do what we want. And as a servant, you don't need to know your heritage. So in this next round of questions, these are going to be a little bit different. But we're going to go to Mark chapter 8. Give you guys plenty of time to talk this morning. We're going to Mark chapter 8. And we're going to start in verse 31. And we're going to read 31 through 38. Not as much. But these are some interesting questions right here that I really want you to think about. And answer very personally. It's okay. Talk about them. Um, Mark chapter 8 and verse 31, put on screen for you, I think. No, let me just give it to you. Mark 8, 31, and then read through verse 38. And we'll put the questions on the screen so you can see them big enough. Mark 8, 31 through 38. There you go. Somebody decide who's going to read your table and just go right ahead. You've got to start reading. All right. A lot of great conversations going on. Hopefully you got a chance to share a couple of things today. <clears throat> <clears throat> so when you hear the questions that we ask and and we'll leave them on the, put them back on the screen for you just so you can see these really quick before i move on um when it comes to the thing you know we often hear this whole idea that well christians need to stop being quiet we need to stop being silent so that's why i want to ask the question do you feel like that 
you have to be silent with God's word in our culture. And uh, I'm not going to answer those questions for you. I just want you to think about that. We say it a lot, but the answer would, the question would be is, why do we feel that way? Why do we feel like we have to be quiet? And I'm talking about being judgmental. We've all seen the guy on the side of the street with the bullhorn and the you're going to burn in hell screaming at you. Man, them guys scare me too. Like, I'm not talking about being like that. Them guys scare me. I think I'm going to get saved again too. I want to stop and say, yeah, brother, pray for me because, man, I... I feel, I feel like maybe I need to try again, you know. But, but in the pressures of this world that make you feel like you have to have everything, it's a rat race that you get into and you feel like I'm the weirdo because I'm not doing what everybody else is doing. But I hate to tell you this. I'm going to give you the Jody translation. Paul said we're a peculiar nation. Or Peter said we're a peculiar people. <laughs> I'm saying we're weird people. What we believe is very strange. And you should be a little different. I'm not talking about things that make people wonder what, like, you're, you're oddball, I don't want to hang out with you. But, like, why do you believe the way that you do? Like, why is it that you are so adamant about saying to, maybe it's your school, that you have to say to a teacher that doesn't believe the way that you believe, I'm sorry, my child can't read that. Yeah, but what would happen? They would give them alter- alternative reading. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I have a pastor friend of mine, and I'm not going to tell you where they were at, but he just talked to me this week about his son who was enrolled in a program. He had to go to the program and say, you said this was a Christian-based program. My kid is telling me you're not teaching the Bible. Now, why? Well, we didn't want to offend the other students that are coming that aren't Christians. He said, that's not my problem. This is a Christian program. I expect the Bible to be preached. They will have to either come alongside with it or be offended, but you can't compromise the truth. Otherwise, it's no longer the truth. And Jesus said, the truth will set you not a watered-down version. Well, I don't want it to... We can't... It's not being mean or crude or rude. It's just saying... I can't compromise this. And if you hate me for it, just like I told you in Revelation, I know that some people will not like that I said that. But I'm not going to compromise because I'm getting into over here with people who believe a certain way. I'm not in that. The Bible says we're going to go by God's word. You can't water it down whether it fits your wants or it doesn't. It's what it is. The truth is what sets people free. And so guess what happened? He had a conversation with them. You know what they did? They started teaching the Bible. They're like, well, I'm sorry, we didn't. No one else even approached them. As long as we remain silent, don't expect anything to change. But you have the gutso and the Holy Spirit within you to say things if you need to. Your company won't let you pray during break. I'm sorry. That's not really their decision. Well, how can it not be their decision? Are you on break? Yeah, well, then it's your time. You're going to pay me, then I won't pray. You're going to pay me for my break time? Okay, then all right. Then you pay me to do a job. Then at that point, I'm submitted to the employer. It's not. There's nothing about that that is ungodly. I can pray outside of my job. 
One of the worst things about Christians is we get too Christian. You got to be on the job. Well, I just got to pray for this company. No, they hired you to fix stuff and to work on things and to make their company go. That's what your job is. You can pray silently. Don't stand there and pray in the corner somewhere when they're paying you to do a job. You understand what I'm saying? But if you're on break, I'm sorry. Everybody else is complaining about all the different laws and legalities there are. Why don't you use them too? I'm sorry. I'm on break. Uh, I, based on everything I see, based on labor laws, I'm on break. I can pray. I'm not offending him by I'm going to my spot. I'm not out loud. It's, I'm praying. Yeah, but I heard you as giving people Bibles. No. I just have a Bible on my desk. You can't bring that Bible. Hmm. So you got to think about how far you're willing to go with this. Well, it's easy for you, Pastor. You're a pastor. Oh, 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 oh. don't even. Don't even. You want to tag along with me a week? Call me up. I'll let you hang with me. Believe me, it is not as easy as it sounds. I'm in the same boat as you. People criticize me just like they do you. I've just made the decision that, and I have to pony up and make the decision every so often. Like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Not because we're preachers. That is not why. Just like you. So as we close up today, in the areas of truth and thinking about that, I want to leave you with this last thought. When we serve other people, it feels like oftentimes that we might be losing. If you volunteer in the church, I used to hate it when people say this. I used to work with kids and minister to children. We had people that um, would come alongside and serve alongside of us, and we'd preach the gospel to kids, teach them the Bible, give them truth from God's word at their level, at their ability to understand and I always hated when people would come up to me after serving Jesus. Jesus said this, if you receive a little child in my name, you receive me. There's no greater thing you can do than help kids. Bottom line, people think that serving Jesus is up here. <laughs> it is. This is a part of it. But I'm telling you something. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, hey, if you stand on a platform, you've received me. He says, if you receive one of these little ones in my name, you have received me. Highest honor. Is teaching kids. Why? Because you're forming a foundation in their life. I hate it when people say, oh, you missed it today. Oh, the songs were so good. The preacher was like, wow. It was a guest speaker. It was amazing. Amazing. And I wanted to just punch him in the throat. I mean, I just thought, you big weenie, because... They'd tell all of my folks that helped me the same garbage. And now they're thinking, well, man, what did I miss? And I tell them, you didn't miss anything. You got to form the heart of a child. Somebody else did that for a Billy Graham. Who, you don't know who was in your classroom. You, I can help you with some other stuff, but don't ever buy into that, that you missed something because you served Jesus. Serving Jesus is the greatest honor you can possibly have. Jesus himself said this, and I'm going to close with this last thought. Jesus himself said this in Philippians 2. Or not Jesus, but Paul. He said this about Jesus, that Jesus gave up all of his godlike ability and became as a man. The word there in Greek is called kenosos or kenoso. It means to be emptied of. It doesn't mean that he left who he was as as his deity in, in, in God. He was still God. But he emptied out all of that godlike ability to become human and to serve humanity. 
if Jesus can give up things, we can give up things. We should be people that serve Christ. And where do you start, Pastor? Well, I would start with the thing that he builds. And that would be his church. I mean, I'm glad for everything else, but I'm just telling you, there's nothing else in the Bible that says he's building. He's not building, I I don't mean it, it. he's not building the United Way. He's not building the Red Cross. He's not building your government. He's building his, well, that was quiet. He's building his, I would start where he's working. I'm just, just me. But if that's where, if Jesus, if I saw him, I'm go hang out with Jesus. Where's Jesus at? He's in his church. He's at your tables right now. When you're talking and speaking, he's there. When you serve in your community alongside other believers to advance his kingdom, he's there. When you work and serve alongside other people and you're preaching to kids and teenagers, guess who's there with you? Jesus. Because he's building his church. That's where he's starting. That's where I would start. We'll tell you how to do that along the way this, this month. But I want to pray for you right now. I know you had great conversations at your table. I want to pray for you and those of you are watching online as well. I want to pray for you as well. And uh, take a moment here just to kind of solidify the word that God's given us in our hearts and your conversations. Those of you online as well that you've been having conversations with people in your, in your chat rooms there. That's wonderful as well. Hopefully you guys had some great conversations as well. But Father, we just thank you for today and I thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. God, I thank you that you are depicted in scripture in the book of Mark as the ox. Lord, a side of you that we sometimes don't think about in our culture because we're so used to being served by so many different people. But you yourself came and you served. You did the work. You did not shy away from it. You did it even to the point of exhaustion at times where you had to get away to a remote place and refuel and refill yourself. You served humanity, healing those that were sick, delivering those that were in bondage. And I just thank you, Lord Jesus, that you would deposit that on the inside of us. And if we are feeling overwhelmed or weak at this moment, I pray that you would just refill us again by your spirit. Lord, that we would <clears throat> that we would have, Lord, the understanding that you didn't give us your spirit just to have a good time and sing good and better songs and preach better and just enjoy church. That, God, that's fine. But you empowered us with your spirit to do the work of the ministry, to reach out to people that were hurting and pray and seek and save and reach out those that were lost and bring them to your kingdom. I thank you for that today. And I pray today for those in this room, maybe they don't know you today. Maybe they have never received you as their savior. Those watching online right now, they're watching, they're hearing, they're listening. And maybe they have never received Jesus as their savior. Today I pray, Lord, they would turn to you. Regardless of what they've done, mistakes they've made, those things are irrelevant. Those things are irrelevant. You came and you came to save all who would call upon the name of the Lord. Not based on what we had in our ledgers, not based on what we did in our lives. You came, anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm so thankful, Lord, you did not look at my ledger to decide whether or not I deserved Jesus Christ. I am so grateful for that, Lord. So I pray right now for those that are listening and watching in here. They don't know you. I pray right now, if you don't know Christ, you just repeat this. Pray this prayer with me. This whole church is going to pray with you. You won't be by yourself. Just pray this with me now. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my heart. I give you my life and I give you my soul. I give you my heart 
I give you my body. I give you everything. Lord, use me in any way you would like. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church, would you give him a hand right now? So proud of you right now. There's two things I will tell you before we leave today. In the seat, in the behind the seats, there's little pockets behind every seat. And in the pockets, there will be a little card. If you prayed that prayer and you're in this room or you're watching online or you want to do this online, you can as well. Connect.cornerstonerome.com. We will help you get started walking with Christ. We'll help you any way you possibly need. Get started. The other thing is, if you're looking for a place to serve, you say, man, okay, pastor, I hear the Holy Spirit tapping my shoulder. I need to serve somewhere. I have no idea how to start that process. If you'll fill out that card or the connect.cornerstonerome.com, either one, we will help you. We'll give you a spiritual gifts assessment. We'll help you figure out some things. We'll just, you know, see what it is God wired you for and begin the process of trying out some stuff, okay? But I just want to encourage you in that Jesus served, we ought to serve as well. So this morning, let's all stand our feet before you go. Let me speak this blessing over your life before you leave. I think now more than ever, uh, when you go by today, I'd ask you to do, before I speak this over you, when you're driving by today, um, maybe make it a point of just praying for people. Again, I know we all stopped the world last year and parked in every parking lot in the hospital and prayed for all these nurses and doctors, but I think it would be even more applicable now <clears throat> as you're driving by the hospitals in town to not only pray for those who are sick, please do that, but say a prayer for the people that are serving every day in these hospitals right now. Just encourage them, lift them up. Many of them, they, they, it's day in and day out. They, this all they see. I, I just, you know... It's easy sometimes just go by. In normal seasons, it's normal. It, it's, there's ebbs and flows, but this is not a normal season at all. Um, lift them up right now. You know, these guys and gals are giving it all they got, and let's just pray for them, okay? And uh, so before you go today, let me speak this blessing over you guys. I'm speaking this over our city, our county, everywhere we go. But Numbers chapter 6, the scriptures say this, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. God bless you guys so much. We love you. We'll see you uh, next week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.